members, this is our uh, first podcast with Andrew Gray from Truth Legal. I'm going to be asking Andrew some questions about the legal arrangement we've got with Truth Legal. Uh, Today's podcast is purely going to be on employment matters and how you as members will be able to access advice from Truth Legal based on the arrangement we have with them. So, hi Andrew, are you okay? I'm very well, yes, Andy. Thank you for um, instructing us. We're delighted at Truth Legal to have a second trade union um, to work with and uh, look forward to building a really strong relationship with all of your members. Okay, that's correct. What I've got here, Andrew, is I've got about 12 questions that I'd like to ask you. And hopefully, once we finish the podcast, that will help our members understand exactly how they can access uh, legal advice with yourself. So if if you're all ready and uh, and willing, I think we'll start with the first question. Please fire away. Okay. Does Truth Legal do any cases on a legal aid basis at all? I'm afraid not. No, legal aid is pretty much died in this country. It's one of the pillars of the welfare state, and we are most aggrieved that it's gone. Legal aid these days tends to be only for criminal uh, matters, and only then if you can't pay, and for sort of family law matters, but again, only when as uh, sort of domestic violence and maybe some matters of child-related matters. But for employment law, no, we don't offer legal aid, and I don't know any practice that does offer legal aid for employment law. It's terribly sad. I wish that wasn't so, but I'm afraid that's 2019 UK for you. Okay, well, you've kind of answered my second question, which was, is legal aid available for employment cases? And obviously it's not for the reasons you've just given. So that kind of takes me to uh, my third question. I wonder if you could answer for our members, what no fee, no win, what does that actually mean? Sure. So I think you mean, of course, no win, no fee, but that's that's okay. No fee, no win. I guess it's the same thing. So lots of people have heard of the concept of no win, no fee arrangements, and we very much like them because it means the lawyer is taking a lot more of the risk. The lawyer only gets paid if they win and not if they just do a bad job and charge by the hour. So it's generally speaking, it's a good thing. Okay. It's easy generally to find no win, no fee agreements for personal injury and clinical negligence, but it's very difficult to find them for employment law. We're proud to offer them. What it means is that normally a lawyer, if they take a case on and they either settle it or win it at trial, they can take up to 35% of the settlement or the judgment at trial. So imagine a lawyer gets £10,000 for someone, the maximum in law a lawyer can take is £3,500 inclusive of that. Mm-hmm. So if the lawyer only sends a few letters and gets a good settlement, the lawyer gets paid phenomenally well by the hour, but that doesn't normally happen. It could be that the lawyer has to do hundreds of hours of work and you know, it goes to trial and the settlement is very low. But to your members, we don't deduct 35%. We deduct a lot less. It's, I think it's 30% is the percentage, which including BAT. And we hope that the, the union can pay for any what's called barristers' fees. So it depends on the union finances at that time. But if your members receive £10,000 here, we think that they'd be getting £7,000 a bit back. And Truth Legal, uh, we said to you, the union, 
that we'd look really favorably on no window fee agreements because we think the more uh, power that the PCU has, the fewer claims it needs to bring, in fact, the less time you need to use the lawyers because you'll have greater strength in the workplace. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. And I think just to, to clarify for members, that it means that the solicitor's costs are on a um, no win, no fee, but the barrister's, barrister's costs, if it goes to a tribunal, aren't. And that's something that we as a union would have to decide on an individual case-by-case -case basis, whether we can are able to support it financially and whether we, we want, you know, we feel that we'd like to support it. So I think for our members, they, they need to realise that we can take the case on if it goes to, to a tribunal then of course we have to look at that and decide whether you know the union can afford to do that or not and what i would hope us to do in in our union is to try and put together some sort of um means of funding that uh, barrister costs if we ever have to go down that avenue am i right in just understanding it that way andrew You've answered it perfectly. Okay. Um, but the one thing I would add to that, actually, I'm glad you um, raised the barristers uh, fees issue, is that some barristers will offer no win, no fee agreements in employment law. Very few and far between, but we've had it done on a few cases. And again, the stronger the claimant's position and the stronger the backing, the more likelihood is of settlement and therefore the more likely it is that a barrister will offer no win, no fee agreement as well. Um, yeah, I, I would hope that we, the, that the, the PCU and Truth Legal develops really strong relationships with particular barristers and that they are up for no win, no fee agreements to help your members. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting yeah. to know. One just final question on um, the no win, no fee. I assume that before you take a case on, you, you need to have a look at the paperwork to see whether it's got any merit. Yes. Um, how does that work? Is is that part of the no fee, sorry, no win, no fee, or is that something uh, different? It, well, it, it's usually something different. So we need to read a, usually a lot of papers, uh, read emails, see policies and contracts, and maybe even speak to uh, union officers to understand the, the case. Because as solicitors, we only want to offer no win, no fee agreements to claimants or sort of members who've got good cases, as in they're going to win them, and that the compensation's worth it. There's no point us offering a no win, no fee agreement to a member who's only lost £100, because you know the most fee we can make out of it is £30, including VAT. So it's you know it's probably not worth our while doing it, and it's not worth it worth this hassle for the member either and all the union. So we need to ensure that the compensation amounts high enough and the chances of winning are high enough and that the people bringing a claim against the respondents are also worth suing. So, no, we would have to charge your members. And again, we're doing it at reduced rates to do so, which is at about £90 an hour, I think, plus VAT. And we'd hope to be able to do it in about two hours of work. Um, for non-union members, we charge considerably more than that. So, um, And that's the normal way that we would work. For you. Okay, that, that, that's great, Andrew, because that really clarifies um, exactly how that process works. So members need to know that maybe the first couple of hours, if it takes that long to assess the case, that's charged at £90 an hour, and then the case itself is done on the uh, no win, no fee basis. Yeah. That's great. If, if we move on to the next question, and you kind of touched on it, is that uh, what is the benefit of being a PCU member 
rather than just being a member of the public who comes to you off the street? Sure. So very simply, PC members get very favourable rates. Um, we offer so £90 an hour versus uh, to your, your members uh, versus uh, probably £150, £160 an hour for so the average man and woman who aren't members of a, of a trade union. So this, there is a considerable saving there. As well, as I said, and it's worth repeating again, we'll look very favourably on no-win, no-fee agreements. Uh, we don't offer, we do, I don't know, maybe we offer them in about 20% of our cases, but we would hope in the PCU maybe we could offer a higher percentage of no-win, no-fee agreements mm -hmm. um, to your members. So there's a, more of a chance you're going to get a no-win, no-fee agreement. And of course, if the PCU members, their, their families have preferential rates as well. So it's not just the members, but the, their families. Their family rates aren't as good as the members' rate as I know they should be. Um, so yeah, it is better to come as a member of the PCU. It should be much cheaper to do so. And of course, we'll have a greater understanding of the, um, their workplaces and the issues. They'll become more familiar to us as um, we develop our relationship with you. Okay. Yeah. Next question I've got is, um, and you kind of touched on it already, but is there any difference in a case being heard at a tribunal and a negotiated settlement uh, in relation to costs? That's a good question. So generally speaking in employment law, you've got to work quickly, work on the basis that you've got two, sorry, three months less one day to really do something, which often is starting ACAS, early conciliation, or sometimes it's having to bring an, an ET1 employment claim. So you, you have to be quick. So it, it always feels like you're in litigation. It feels quite intense as employment law. Though very fast matters, very different from personal injury uh, world. So a negotiated settlement is what happens in the vast majority of employment cases. Okay. And I, I would guess 20% of our current claims go to a tribunal hearing. Um, we would hope the PCU, that number isn't as high because I think it'll, the message will very clearly be heard to employers that the PCU members have got good lawyers, I hope, they think are good lawyers, but also they've got you know, the financial means to go further. And as a result, when they know that there's backing, employers tend to fold faster. So uh, that's kind of a roundabout way of answering the question or, or not. No, no, tell me. no, no that's, that's great, actually. Leads me on to the uh, next question. Because there's always a... People always have an expectation of what can and can't be done legally and um, what my next question is is what happens if they, if an employer makes an offer to settle a case for one of our members that you're yes. with and you in your experience believe that it's a very reasonable um, offer they've made but the member feels that it's not really good enough and they want they want more what kind of happens in that situation how do we kind of um, bring together those, those two little tensions that of the expectation of the member, but the reality that this is a good settlement. Okay, well, I've got to say that's a zinger of a question. <laughs> and Sorry <about> that. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a one very much worth asking. It's a scenario that very much could come up, but doesn't come up that often. Okay, we're not perfect as lawyers uh, or as a firm, but we generally have good relationships with our clients, and the solicitor-client relationship at its best is a fantastic team where they, everybody trusts each other, the client gives really good instructions and documents and helps the solicitor, makes their life easier and the solicitor 
is working, you know, it's a hand in glove with, with the client and there is that trust. So we would hope that it it wouldn't happen very often or at all, this this tension that whereby, you know, for example, there's an offer made of £10,000 and we say it's a great settlement and the member wants £15,000 mm-hmm. and is unwilling to budge. We would hope that doesn't happen a lot because of the way that we work. But let's say it does happen um, and it's 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 very difficult so it depends on the stage and you probably hear me hesitating a little bit because it's uh, uncomfortable when it happens we might have to threaten to remove the no and no fee agreement to your member if we believe that they were acting unreasonably but in these seven years since i ran truth legal and we've only got bigger over the years i actually can't think of an incident where this has happened where we've had to withdraw a no and no fee agreement and an employment case and bill a and bill a client on an hourly rate basis. I, I just think that seems just doesn't happen. It's not, it's not you know, we, we don't wish to fall out with our clients like that. You know, and our clients tend to we want to educate our clients on the through the, the process and we hopefully put enough online that they can read it and we'll share them a lot of the um, information that we have we've got access to that they can make their own views as well. And um, you know, and sometimes the clients are right, you know, uh, Employment law, one of the fun things about it, Andy, uh, is, is it doesn't always follow the law. It's often about bargaining, you know, positions. And I think this is what I think I want to hammer home to your members is being in a trade union, you've just got, you know, it's not just you against your employer. You've got those members behind you and the union and finances and all that. So generally speaking, settlements ought to be higher if you're in a trade union because you've got, just, you know, more to you. You've got more firepower. Okay, so if I'm hearing you correct there, Andrew, it's if that what if scenario took place where the member was not really happy with the settlement, you would really have to say, well, that's the best we can offer. And if you're not happy with that, then we'll have to withdraw our um, assistance to you and allow the the member to go and find another solicitor who would who would um, take that that risk or look to get a better negotiable settlement. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Um, you're, you're right, but and I think it's a question worth asking, but I don't think it's something that's going to happen okay. because it hasn't happened in the duration of this firm, to the best of my knowledge. I don't know every single case, but it, it just doesn't, it's not something that's come up on my radar a lot. It is a, it's a key part of a case is when you're trying to value it. Yeah. Sure, but... Usually, the lawyers and the clients are on the same page because they've educated each other throughout the process. Okay. But yeah, it, it is. Yes, it is possible that we would have to withdraw if your member was unreasonable, and we would. Your member would therefore be. We would say in breach of the no and no fee agreement, and we'd be able to charge a member. But this would be the very first time that it happened. But yes, it is a possible. So it is a possibility. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's funny. It's one of those what ifs. Um, it's fine. And I accept what you're saying that uh, you would mostly manage the process of the um, case. And so that never really happened. Okay, well, if we move on to my next question, and we've kind of uh, touched on it, but you've got lots of experience in employment law. And I'm just wondering, because you've got that much experience in the field, why you feel you need to go to barristers, why why your own solicitors don't actually do their own advocacy in, in, in the tribunal? Great question. So when you go to law school, really you choose the solicitor route 
or the barrister route okay. across the way solicitors. So solicitors, if people don't know, tend to have you know good relationships with clients. Will do a lot of like telephone hearings and some preliminary hearings, and yes, can do trials. But the barrister is trained to do advocacy in a better way than the solicitors. There's, there are very few solicitors who are very good at advocacy. It's mm-hmm. I would if it was me, I and I had a court hearing, I had a choice of a solicitor or a barrister to do the hearing advocacy. Nine times a hundred times out of hundred, I would I would pick the barrister. Okay. Um, barristers often they're the ones who tend to become more uh, enter the judiciary more so than solicitors. And I think barristers also tend to be more academic. Now, solicitors, because we're often enmeshed in a case, we've acted for someone for a very long time, we like them, get on with them, you know, absolutely rooting for them. It is possible that a solicitor loses their objectivity. Ah. And the great thing about having the, the barrister is, it's the barrister, someone who's in, you know, in court frequently, sees how these places are being played out frequently, and comes along as a hired gun, I guess, um, acting in the client's best interest, not the solicitor's, and gives that, that second opinion. So it's the second opinion you get often from a barrister before anything goes to trial, but it's also at the trial where they are just, frankly, just better advocates. I mean, like, like Tony Blair was trained as a barrister, not a solicitor. Same with Jack Straw, you know, uh, Foreign Office Secretary. They are generally better orators than us solicitors. Right. Okay. That's, that's, that's great. Um, so getting to my 10th question, and there's three to go. You're saying you're going to be offering reduced rates for PCU family members. members. Right. That's right. Yeah. What does family actually include? Are, we, are you limiting that to um, certain members of the family or, or are we going to third and fourth cousins and, and what have you? That is a great question. I'm just going to have to go and check exactly what it is that we said. But we don't want to be overly prescriptive. You know, okay. if someone says someone's in my family, someone lives in my house, for, for truthfully, this point of view, that's fine. You know, the modern family, how do you define it? Is it, is it always a man and a woman and they're married and they have children? No, the, the modern family is so much more uh, different than, than that. And it, I don't think it's for us to pry and say, oh, so-and-so, you know, it's only your first cousin. So you I don't want to go there. Um, I think it's some of you regard it's in the family member or in, in a in the um, in your house. You know, someone you're living with could be a flatmate. I, I think that is good enough uh, for us. Of course, I mean, is, is that you know, is that how you understand it, Andy, as well? I'm, I'm happy in any way that um, you want to kind of play that out because what I want to make sure is is that um, our members are aware that. Uh, what family means because we wouldn't want one member to come along and I don't know their uncle he gets um, some reduced rates with yourself but then someone else comes along and they're too far removed so it's just why there's some consistency there but what you're saying to me is that as far as you're concerned you're going to trust the member to say this is a person in my family and I would like you to help them on the um, preferential rate and if you're happy with that then I, then I think we are. That's right. I mean, in due course, if you suddenly have, you know, 20,000 members or so and everybody's bringing in their third cousin, we may need to revisit matters. But um, we want to help PCU to grow. 
And I think your best way of growing, one of the, one of the, sorry, one of the ways of growing is, is that make membership attractive, that if you join, you know, it's the household getting a benefit, the family is getting a benefit as well. So you know, hopefully it's a more reason to join and to stay as members um, of the PCU. So, you know, we'll, we'll revisit it if you're the same size as Unison or the GNB, but I don't think we need to do it um, right now. And yes, we do trust your members as well to make a sound decision. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I do hope that we do have to revisit it because that's so. getting as big as GMB and, and Unison. I think the last but one question is if a member wants to access legal support from Truth Legal and get yes. the financial rates, what exactly do they have to do to get that? Sure. So, on our website, we have a section for the PCU. So, if you go onto the search function and type PCU, we'll have a look at the very bottom of our web page. It's on the home site, home page. Mm-hmm. And click on there, you'll see an inquiry button dedicated to your members and they can fill that in and the details will come to us. And um, we need to check a truth legal that your member is a sort of paid up member of the union. Therefore we'll need, uh, we assume that they've given us consent to check that and we'll check as well the member that they're happy for us. Let's go back to you to check that they are, they are members of the, the PCU. And I think you'll want to know as well if your members are accessing our uh, our services. Absolutely. And I would hope that your members, you know, work with the union as well. And, you know, it's uh, us as lawyers, yeah, we know the law and we know the trade union world reasonably well. But I don't think your members should forget how much knowledge the officers have got as well. And... Being a unionist, it's, it's not all about the law. What does the law say? It's often it's what can the trade union deliver. It's a, two different things actually. And we we acted for the trade unions where you know they've, they've delivered things to their members that the law just wouldn't have provided through their collective bargaining powers. Um, yeah, so yeah. of course, to answer the question about yeah, we need to check that someone's a member, and I'm sure your members will let us do that. Okay, that's well. The very last question is a very general one it's um is there any area of the law that truth legal either wouldn't consider or doesn't feel itself um expertise enough to um to consider there's loads of areas in law actually unfortunately lawyers today are really quite specialist we're more like hospital consultants in that respect like you wouldn't go to a cardiologist about your cancer would you and vice versa so the services that we offer is personal injury, clinical negligence, industrial disease, employment law, vast amounts of that, uh, professional negligence. So we'll sue a lot of lawyers. You know, we're not, we're not discriminatory, we don't just sue doctors, so we'll sue a lot of lawyers and surveyors and all sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do general disputes, general litigation. So again, it's all claims or defending claims. And uh, we do property disputes as well, boundary disputes and all sorts of things. And we, we don't we really do happy things. So we don't do conveyancing new houses we don't do those but maybe will in the future we don't do wills and probate but maybe will in the future hopefully we'll see a relationship with immigration but we don't do that we don't do crime um goodness gracious me does it, you know we don't do intellectual property there's, there's lots of things that we don't do okay. uh, but hopefully we're trying to grow to add greater services because we definitely need more use to your members and more widely okay andrew well i think um that's great you've been able to answer those questions hopefully our members, when they hear this podcast, will be able to uh, understand a little bit how they can access uh, legal advice from yourselves and, and what that will involve. 
And what I would say to members when you hear this uh, podcast, if you have any questions or any feedback on the way it's been done, uh, the information, whether it's been clear and concise for you, that would be really useful for us because we're going to be doing a series of these uh, podcasts. We'll do one on personal injury. We'll do one on general advice to the uh, to the union. And we'll also do one on how we can work together in training each other, you training us in the law and maybe us help training some of your staff in terms of um, therapeutic uh, issues and, and, and mental health. So there's quite a lot for us to develop, I think, um, as uh, your firm and, and, and our union. And uh, that will come in in future podcasts. Thank you very much, Andrew, for uh, answering those questions for us. And um, oh, that's it, I think. My pleasure. Thank you, Andy, for your time. And uh, again, uh, hopefully we can you know, join, you know, build a really strong relationship between our two organisations. We're both quite new and I think we can be really flexible and creative and energetic, really, and disruptive. I hope so. I'm really excited that we'll be able to develop that in the future. Thank you. Cheers, Andy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.